What's up, everybody? I'm Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live right now on the LiveMana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, today is going to be the first of many um, broadcasts as myself. Um, I've been talking about on the, on the program, those of you who've been watching Gratitude Unfiltered Remix, that I was going to stop doing Gratitude Unfiltered Remix and go back to Gratitude Unfiltered because... Well, I, it's really challenging trying to DJ and do this at the same time, especially when basically you run everything by yourself. Um, of course, my wife is definitely involved in helping, but the, the technology side is not necessarily her gifting. That said, um, in anticipation and trying to you know find different DJs, talking to different people, um, I had an epiphany last night. And that epiphany was that, you know what, I'm just going to go by my name. It's about time um, for a long time. And Gratitude Unfiltered is many evolutions. It started off as Morning Gratitude with the mayor, Morning Gratitude with my name, uh, then Gratitude Unfiltered, then Gratitude Unfiltered uh, or AM. I mean, there's been a lot of variations. There's been Gratitude Unfiltered with Joshua T. Berglund. There's been Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. But in the end, what it comes down to is I'm me. Um, there's something about a name that matters. We talk about identity a lot, which is ironic because one of the things that I've struggled with with most of my life is knowing my identity because it changes from time to time. But even with that, um, I because I understand that words have power, I understand that, you know what, what if my identity is just, well, one that changes from time to time? Like that can be me. That can be Joshua T. Berglund. That could be my name. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons and none of it really matters in the end. But in, I want everything I say, everything I do to come back on me for better or worse. I don't want to hide behind a name, gratitude unfiltered, gratitude, any of that stuff. My name is Joshua T. Berglund and I'm known as the world's mayor. I'm an event TV an event producer, um, vice president of immersive events for a TV network called E360, which this network is powered by. I love talking about what Jesus did in my life. Some people call me a shock jock evangelist. Okay. <laughs> I have no formal training in anything other than debauchery, but I've, through Gratitude Unfiltered, another broadcast have used the airwaves, the digital waves, whatever they are. I've used this as therapy. I've used it to help me become the man that I am today. All that's really done is really confuse people, which is okay because sometimes I wake up confused. <laughs> sometimes I don't know who I am. And that's okay. I'm going to be Joshua. I'm going to let whatever schizophrenic, contradictive, offensive thing that comes out of my mouth, I'm going to be the one that takes the bullets for it. Now, we're already censored on social media. Every platform. They don't show our broadcast to anybody because of the subject we talk about. But by the grace of God, you guys have followed us to the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, which, look, it broadcasts on podcasts, on radio, on social media, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, all of those things. It, it brought it, That's where we are. But because it makes sense, um, we only promote our website. 
and you guys are showing up at our website to watch, listen, and read these broadcasts. So thank you, because ultimately it's great having a network and it's great being distributed all over the world, but if we don't own it, what impact can we really have? And what I mean by that is all the success that we would have on other platforms, all that's doing is really benefiting the people that own the platform. My platform is about setting people free. How do you do that? Well, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, in my opinion, media, <laughs> Jesus and then media. Yeah, that works for me. So no more show. I'm not even going to call this a show. This is just me. I'm here talking. Every once in a while, I'm going to have guests. Sometimes I'm just going to talk. Some days I may DJ just for fun because I can. I can do whatever I want. And that's amazing. That's the freedom that comes in Jesus. You get to do whatever you want. Are there consequences for your actions? Oh, sure. Are there consequences for giving your life to Jesus? Absolutely. Are there consequences for not? Oh, hell yeah. So, this is just going to be me. I don't even know what the bio for this show is going to be, but this is the first one. Oh, yeah, I said it's not going to be a show. <laughs> but you can still watch us on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. So, thank you. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, a guest that I have just, I've gotten to know because we've talked many times um, and then also had to delay our broadcast for other reasons. I've had some weird, like, I don't even know what it was, projectile vomiting for 12 hours, but I felt fine, but I was projectile vomiting, which makes no sense, <laughs> but she's been patient. She's kind and um, she's launched a new website that's really cool. Um, she is, she's just a good good-hearted human being with a lot of patience. And honestly, the more I've gotten to know her, the more I've fallen in love with her. And what's funny is I don't really know that much about her yet, but there's something about her that I love. And I think that you're going to love her too. So there's no intro video yet. <laughs> so we're just going to get right into it. But thank you for being here. I'm going to pray really quick. Heavenly Father, thank you Uh for the opportunity to live out my childhood dream. Thank you, no matter what it looks like, um, no matter you know the, the consequences for truth, no matter any of it, just having the opportunity to speak truth without fear is one of the coolest things um, that I think any of us can experience. And I get to do that. I get to share my love for you. I get to elevate other people with this broadcast and I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through me. I hope you speak through me, Holy Spirit, so that anything that needs to be said is said so it has the greatest impact on those who are watching. God, I thank you for the opportunity to pursue the dream that you placed inside of me. And Lord, I pray that I am able and we are able in this broadcast with Deborah, I pray that we're able to encourage and to elevate other people so that they two are inspired to pursue what you've called them to do. We love you, Lord, and I surrender this broadcast to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoever that offended, deal with it. Anyway, because, you know, you can pray to whoever you want. I'm going to pray to Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that fun? Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to have some fun today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Deborah Maldum. I said it right, didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I'm fine, thanks. Hi, Joshua. <laughs> I'm uh, 
I'm excited today. Thank you for your patience, not just setting this up, but thank you for your patience and 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 just what as I did my rant there, as you watched me set up and fiddle with things. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm blessed to have you here. So, Deborah, first things first. What are you grateful for today? I'm most grateful for being. Being? Being. Ooh, I like just that. Just being here. Just being in the world. Just being in a position to receive. Being in the position to be used. Being in a position to impact others. Just being. I'm grateful for being. That's good. Let me ask, I, that makes brings up a question. This is why I don't plan questions, because I would never actually ask them. <laughs> what is being to you? And forgive me while I undress, because I'm sweating down here. We're doing that show now. Um, it's um, being in the right place at the right time. Being in a, in a place where I can actually close my eyes and listen. Being in a position where I, I, I can get to do what I feel I'm here to do. Being healthy, being happy, being able to smile, being able to walk outside and feel the sunshine on your skin. Just Mm. being, just being. I like that. I was talking to someone earlier today and they were talking about that too because I was rushing around trying to make our meeting and they were just so at peace like with whatever. And, And I was like, Okay, well, that's cool. Because, I mean, to me, that's allowing. It was allowing to just whatever happened, happened. Whenever we're going to talk, was talk. Didn't matter if I was late. It was just it. And that kind of reminds me of just being. Let me ask you something. To you, what's the difference between being and taking action? Can Can they exist at the same time? Are they separate? Do they work together or what? They exist at the same time. Taking action means I am being and I'm receiving the messages and then I take action. Being doesn't mean I'm lying on my couch, just being lazy. Right. Being means I'm actually doing what I came to do. Being means I am fulfilling the purpose I'm here to do. That means action. That means getting up and actually doing it. Wow. I love that. Where are you where are you at right now? I'm in I'm in England. England? Yes. What part? I'm I'm in London, just outside. That is my dream city. London. I've yeah, I um so I love buildings and I love architecture. Oh. And um actually, so you see this picture. Yes, yes. And then you can see ah, these. Yes. I have city photos. <laughs> Of every city, <laughs> everywhere. Um, I'm obs- I love buildings. Now I'm out in the suburbs, and I, actually, it feels more like the country because we fall asleep to frogs every night. Well, I think the frogs are frozen because it snowed. But anyway, I, I I love big buildings. I love architecture. And ever since I was a kid, seeing Big Ben and London Bridge, and you know, I've just been obsessed with it. And then just the culture has always been interesting to me. But when I started getting visions for the goals that I had in life and what I wanted to do and what we wanted to do with the media company um, and our youth media literacy program, the number one spot was London, New York City, um, two, LA, three. Those were like the three main places. Now, more, mind you, there's more around the world, 
Johannesburg, uh, Sydney, Australia, uh, Beijing, Tokyo, Hong Kong, all those places. But the three staples, London is one of those. And I don't even know why, because I've never been there. I just oh, feel, I feel drawn there for some reason. You should come. They, they've got old buildings. I mean, if you like, like you say, you like architect, you can go into old buildings. I just like to go inside and gazing, just gazing at the old ceilings and the amazing things they did without the internet. <laughs> it's, yeah, the architecture. Like, So I live in, um, in Minnesota now. And downtown Minneapolis, the architecture, like it's not the same. Like the new buildings they build, yeah, they're cool and modern, but they don't last. Those old stone uh, buildings that just have lasted hundreds of years. And of course, London is a, a is a much older city than anything in the United States. So those buildings, I mean, they've been around since it's like the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, it's just it's 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 amazing to me what they you're right what they accomplished with the well what we believe to be limited technology I mean who knows because at this point it seems like they're constantly uh, erasing and trying to change history so I don't even really know what to believe at this point but that said uh, none of that has to do with why you're here today why don't you tell the audience Deborah a little bit about you know what you do and what you're passionate about and you know what you're looking to do here. Um, I, I'm an author. Uh, I speak, and through my writing, I've created or started a uh, an organization for women. I started this business ladies forum, uh, where I was it was through my writing. I wrote a business book, and when I published my first business book, I got women asking questions, and it got me to think, okay, let me create a little platform, which was just a WhatsApp group where I put all the women who are asking questions. So when I answer, everybody can just see the same question. So I don't have to answer to one person individually. So through that, it grew to a lot of WhatsApp groups and a lot of women in a lot of countries. And it went on for years. It only changed because when COVID came, everything shut down. Yeah. And I got myself on the bigger platform, which is the, inter the interweb. And I started podcasting. I started talking to people from across the world, like Joshua here. And I realized instead of limiting my organization just to Africa, I can actually go global with this. So now I've rebranded and we are now Global Business Women Organization. Now, and, and who you, I, obviously you serve women, but what is the intention of your group? My platform is for women in third world countries and women in first world countries to network, to support each other and to realize that you, you touched on identity, to realize that we are all in the same boat and we can work together and help each other mm. because we are all bringing different kinds of knowledges onto the platform. So by exchanging knowledge, we can all benefit. By marketing to each other, we can all benefit because one woman might know how to build a website. The other woman might know how to market. We exchange that knowledge. We are all benefiting. So you're you're basically living kingdom life. Yes. That's that is kingdom. I yeah. I see all of these people that are selling and promoting kingdom courses, and and it's all about 
selling merchandise and selling stuff. That's not kingdom, you dopes. <laughs> kingdom is exchanging of value. Money is uh, like is an energy, but value, good for good. Uh, my my gift. I'm going to use my gift to bless you. Use your gift to bless me. We elevate each other. We collaborate. We create these ecosystems and these communities. And one of the things that's so beautiful about the internet is you're right. It's allowed us to connect. Yes. In our networks to connect and to intermingle all over the world where we can speak in real time, collaborate, share resources. And, and I think it's so cool because it's made what used to be you had to stay in a village, but you were isolated. Well, now you get to have your niche, but in a global marketplace. So it's, it's, or a global kingdom place or what you, but you get to collaborate with people from all over the world. And one of my favorite things that I did when I was young, uh, when I was in healthcare for the first 18 years before I got into entertainment was that um, I, you know, they would always have those seminars that were local and, you know, when you go to them and your competition with the people that are there, they don't really want to share resources. They don't really want to share trade secrets because, well, your competition. Yes. But when you went out of state, I would go to California or Florida or Dallas or New York. And when I would go there, I'm like, well, I'm not a threat to anybody. So now we're going to share resources. And it, it was amazing because... Every everywhere you go, people are different. They're they're they learn different things. And mind you, you know we have access to a lot of the same information. However, the way that you grew up, Deborah, is different than I grew up. Yes. And and the and then you, the way you grew up is going to be different than my wife and anyone else. So that intellectual property that you have, the region you were born, all of those things, the language, the culture, all of that, and. And then even your experiences in London and being able to bring that to the table, that's a lot of value for someone like myself. Even if we did the same exact thing, yes. the value that I could get from that is amazing. And that's what I love about the internet. Let me ask you this. What has been the biggest surprise to you in this group? Like what, what has surprised you the most about your efforts in starting the group, the success it's had? where it's going, what's going on with it? What's been the biggest surprise? The biggest surprise for me is that normally we hear that women don't collaborate, women don't work together. But it's so surprising how much women are prepared to work together. Mm-hmm. They just need the right environment. They just need to know that the other woman is not a threat. She's your sister. The other woman, no matter how rich no matter how pretty they are, no matter where they live, we are all in the same boat. That's all what women want to hear. And before you know it, they're exchanging ideas, they're exchanging knowledge, they're supporting each other. You can do it, I know you can. Mm -hmm. And you see the other woman smile already, it's done. That's it. That's been the most surprising thing because women didn't realize they need a platform like this. In your platform, is there a place, I don't even, I don't know how to phrase this question, so bear with me as I wrestle with it. Okay. But one of the things about men is that men can pretty much punch each other in the face and the next day be friends. Women hold grudges. I mean, historic, stereotypically. 
because <laughs> I know some men do too, and some women don't, but it's different. Like men can fight and then be best friends the next day. Yes. My experience with women, that is not that way. So in that community, there's a lot of strong women. There's a lot of opinionated women. There's a lot of that. When you have conflict, is there, or, or if there's, I know how I'm going to ask the question. Is there like accountability support in there where there's people that will hold you? They'll, they'll read your mail or what's another expression. Um, they'll hold you accountable. They're, they're going to, if you say you're going to do things, I know a lot of groups, people talk big is it, but then they kind of fade away. Is there accountability measures there? Because to me, when you hold someone accountable, you're also supporting them. Is that a bit, yeah. is that part of the group too? See, with me as a speaker, I talk about identity. So what I do before I help people in their businesses, I help them find their own identity. Mm. And when you find your identity, you are empowered. It's true. When you are empowered, you as a person, as an empowered person, man or woman, you take your own accountability because that's part of your identity. That's part of identity. That's part of empowering. And having said that, I follow up. You say you're going to do something, honey, come here. Let, let, let's just talk about this. Is this four weeks? Are we talking six weeks? What are we doing over here? That's good. Huh. That's and I encourage cool. also women to have, like women in California would have, they've got their own little group where they do their own meetup meetings. And I need to hear about that. We need We need to share with the other group that, us in California had a cup of coffee and we talked about ABCD. And they come and tell us about that. Women in the Philippines will say, okay, we visited a factory and we learned ABCD. So what are you going to do from what you've learned from that factory visit? How are you going to take that and put it in your own business? Because everything we are doing, we need to learn from it and move and grow from it. So when you come and report back to say, we have visited a school, what have you learned from it? I like that. And how, how can you incorporate that into your life, into your business? How has that helped you grow as a human being? Because we want women who are empowered. Not just, I'm empowered, hoo-hoo, but growth in the empowerment and sharing in the empowerment because we want to bring up kids who know. Yeah. Not just, I'm empowered, hoo-hoo, share it with your community. Empower your community. You know, like you talk about Jesus. Showing that you're a Christian is not just talk. No, absolutely. People will follow you because of your deeds. True. So we want to see the deeds. We want people who look at you and think, I like what she does. Where is she getting that? It's true. Not I like how she looks. We, we are past that. We, we are past the looks. We want people who follow you for what you do. Yeah. You know, and I, I appreciate that statement because, I mean, I still find it strange that most of the people that watch this broadcast are of every other faith but Christian. And I don't call myself a Christian. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I follow Jesus. But, uh, you know, he's he's my Lord and Savior. But, but the people that watch the show, as a majority, don't. And I, they hear me talk about Jesus. And I, I've never been able to figure it out except for the fact that I just love it because that's what I wanted. <laughs> um, 
And the other thing is too, that, you know, I don't really relate with many Christians. I relate more with, you know, people that have been kicked in the gutter and left behind and labeled misfits and outcast and have been shunned from society. Like those are the people I identify with because that's me still that way. And it breaks my heart that I can't share my testimony in churches. I mean, except for my home church in Oklahoma, it breaks my heart. Why? Because I make people uncomfortable because I'm willing to talk about things that make people uncomfortable. I'm willing to also admit that I don't have it all figured out and I don't have all the knowledge. I had two broadcasts, the last the last two broadcasts I did. I had one that was about from an interfaith, he's an interfaith minister. And then the follow-up with a hardcore warrior Bible, like knows every aspect of it. The two broadcasts completely contradicted each other in a way. And, and yet, and I, the questions I asked were all out of my own curiosity because I'm trying to figure it out for myself because I can read all day what man says is right, but then I know in my heart what feels right. And I think a lot of us allow religions, allow, allow Christianity, allow um, their, whatever the religion is, allow that, what the man part of it says, to interfere with what their spirit says. Yes. And from my understanding... The only time I oper ever operate fully, in full capacity, in my full identity, is when I'm trusting this and ignoring all Thank that. Let me ask you, what's been the, the hardest lesson or most challenging lesson that you have had to learn and how has it impacted your life since you learned it? I've learned to accept. See, I, I'm I'm weird. Me too. And um, <laughs> I grew up in a culture where you're supposed to be just so. Especially Wait. women. You're Say that one more time, please. You're supposed to be just so. You're supposed to be dressed like this, walk like this, do this. Oh. And our culture, religion, society, family... Everything tried to put me into a mold. That's just so. The, the, the best thing I ever did for me, that's the next book coming up, is to embrace my weirdness. <laughs> and that's the best thing I ever did. Because I, I did try, I, Joshua, I'm not lying to you. I did try to be normal. I did try. I'll see quiet women, you know, those quiet women who are just like so, and I'll try and I'll be like, mm, and people go, what's wrong with you? Because they're not used to me quiet and being all, mm, and even five minutes, I'm like, okay, can we talk now? Are we, are we done? You know, I get into a lift and people are quiet and I think, what if I start singing? You know, that's my weirdness. And... <laughs> The minute that I accepted that I am different and I love that fact. Oh. And you did say about spirituality, I am not religious. And being yeah, African and not being religious, even my mom almost disowned me. How can you say you're not religious? I'm like, mom, I love God. I'm not saying I don't love God. I don't like religion. I love God. There are yeah. different things altogether. And in most religions, the God isn't even there anymore. Because mm -hmm. we've taken the religion and we've put too many laws that are human, like my pastor said, my, my, no, 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 just listen to God and just center yourself. And 
just receive inside, not from all this, all this. So the minute that I received and embraced my weirdness, which is my next book coming, is really like identity, like that's the minute my life changed. Because I, I don't make excuses for me. You don't like me, fine, but I'm, I'm weird and I'm taking it. Why are you laughing at me for? You're weird too. I know I'm weird. I'm I'm laughing because I just want to like hug you. I <laughs> because I damn it. Like we have so many people that just want to be like everybody else, and it's so boring. Like, and what I learned because I was a chronic liar. I mean, I I'm plugging my book real quick. Um, and plug yours. Feel free to bring all your books up. But in this book. The whole thing, essentially, there's a lot of crazy stuff in here. Don't get me wrong. But in the end, it all comes from running from truth. All the, the mental illness, the, the, the addictions, the abuse, all running from truth is in the end what it is. And trying to be something I wasn't. Not wanting to be who I was created to be. That will kill you. That's like the fast track whether you believe in hell or not, well, I'll tell you one thing, whether you believe in the physical burning hell or your own personal hell, either way, I was in both. It was awful. It hated every second of it. But the more I've learned who I am and accepted that and accepted that God loves me just as I am, the more I accept that, the more I am who I am and I love it. The more I accept it, the more blessings come my way, the more I accept it, the better father, better husband, better lover, better everything I am when I know my identity. You know, you know, uh, this running from your true identity, it's put on you as a kid. Mm. I tell parents, this is what you should never say to your kid. Why can't you be like your brother? So what you're saying to this kid is, he's not enough. He's not good enough. He's not like his brother. And he's growing up hearing that he's not good enough. That means he's going to try to emulate the good child that's being pointed as he's better, he's a good child, he's good at school. And why can't you just be like that kid? Well, because I'm not, I'm weird and you birthed me, that's on you. Why do you expect to have a normal child while you're a weird parent? Mm -hmm. Why can't you empower that little person to embrace that this is me? We try to change them and we try to mold them. Then they grow up confused, hmm. trying to impress, trying, looking for validation because I can't be that. That's not enough. I'm not good enough. I have to be like that. I have to be. We're taking away our children's identity because ours were also taken, were taken away from before. And unless we embrace, we know our true identity. So my next book is um, it's called... Can I say it? Say it. My next book is called Fuck No More. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know where you were going. Uh, you know what? Yeah, F it. F normal. It gives, because, it's just boring. We, we oh my god! So hard to be normal. <laughs> we 
we try too hard to be normal. We don't live our true lives. You know, uh, everybody talks about find your purpose. Find how do you find your purpose if you don't know your own identity? I swear to you, I had this conversation with God today because I wanted confirmation. Last night, I asked Jessica. I was like, "Hey, um, I'm going to go back to Gratitude Unfiltered. No more remix because I don't have the DJ yet." Blah blah blah. And as I was sitting there, and I was like, "Why don't what what happens if I just use my name? I'm like, no more show. Just I'm just going to be me. Like, let that be. Let it be what it is." Like in, instead of hiding underneath a cushion, because you know when you have a, a title for something, and then there's your name, well, it you know are you this or are you that, and 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 I and it shields you. I remember my father telling me, "You never want to name a company. You never want your name in your company because you you if you, something goes wrong, you get sued and your name's trashed." Well, I kind of threw all that stuff out the window a long time ago, and that's what God was speaking to me about. It's like. You're still hiding behind another name. You are Joshua. Be Joshua. And I was like, okay. And then like anything, I always ask for confirmation. Woke up this morning. I was like, okay, God, confirmation. Are we good? Like, is this what you're going to do? And then he just started like hammering with me, hammering me with stuff. And the point of it was own your identity. For better or worse, you say God loves you for who you are, just as you are. If you say God loves you, no, as you are, then prove it by being your name. That's your identity. That's the name you were given for a reason. Be that name. And so, and it really centered though, the root of it was about identity. And for me, as I shared in the monologue, I guess, or brain dump or whatever the heck that was. (laughs) That is essential. And even if my identity tends to shift here and here, I still can claim who I am. And that in itself is a lot better than allowing myself to be confused. If I have the mindset of this is me, it's part of it. It may not always be pretty. Sometimes it's freaking ugly. Sometimes it's offensive. Sometimes, you know, whatever. You know, you'd fill in the blanks, but it's me. And I'm going to be me. And that's what it came from. And you know what? You talked about empowerment. I've never felt more invincible and bulletproof in my life, which you'll probably have a bullet fly through the window now. You know. (laughs) Anyway. I work with many women who are in that confusion state of, well, if I don't do this, people will laugh at me. What do people think? What do people say? Mm. You know, because this is very unacceptable, especially when it comes to fashion and looks. And and you think, honey, oh, what do you think? What do you say? Have you asked yourself that? Why are you waiting for validation from strangers? Who are you? So if they laugh, that's on them. You not why are you worried about them? You know, I'd rather have people hate my guts for who I really am than for something they perceive. You know, and 
but at the same time, there's there's no more empty feeling in the world than have people love you for something you're not. And at, in my my position, um, you know, I I am a man of God. Like I I'm again I I love Jesus with all my heart, and and I and I love God with all my heart, and I live my life and to serve Him to do what I was created to do. And, you know, and it's been one of those things that it's not always easy. It's not something that it's not something that I've, 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 I've always taken responsibility for, like owned it. Um, And it's because of, you know, I know that I'm not perfect too. And I know that I'm just as susceptible to tell you to go F yourself and then kick you in the nuts as I am to pray for you because it it either can happen. And I'm not saying that to be funny, but I'm saying it because, well, it's kind of (laughs) real. Like I, 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 the guy from the internet company yesterday, I went off on him like he wouldn't believe because I was getting screwed over and I hate customer service. And I went off on him and I, felt myself wanting to threaten him and like say all these nasty things. And I'm like, 30 minutes ago, I was praying for somebody <laughs> like about how Jesus loves you. And I'm here. I am now wanting to basically rip this guy's throat out. But that's it's- the thing. That's the reality about real life. People think <laughs> when you say, I'm, I love God and I'm this, people think you're just going around preaching and praying, oh, head on this party, oh, God bless you. I am human, I do get angry. Yeah. So if you anger me, things might happen. <laughs> I won't mess with you, I promise. That's reality. I mean, we are human beings. And if Jesus could kick, kick people out of a church, I mean, I'm a human, I still get angry, I still sin. Hmm. Okay, so if you expect me to be this serene woman, like, oh, yeah, God bless you, child. I might cast it to you once in a while. I mean, come on. (laughs) Things happen. They do. But how different would the world be if we just had this attitude? Like, even, and I understand why preachers don't do it, ministers, and why they don't talk about their struggles in the way that they do, because they need to maintain this level of holiness for the public so they can get their offerings and so they'll be taken seriously and all that but you know what the one thing that i think that they mistake is that some people especially people that have been through some stuff in their life have an ability of seeing through your bs and they know they know you're not deceiving anybody and i find it When I was living a double life, again, everything that's in the book, my double life had a double life. And this way I was living, it was exhausting. (laughs) It was exhausting trying to cover up lie after lie. And, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't find out I did this. And I hope, you know, all that stuff. I can't imagine. And and I was just a regular dude. I didn't have a congregation. I didn't have a following. I didn't have any of that stuff. And so I, I, I would think for a preacher or somebody that's of, of authority in that way, that it's got to be five times more exhausting for them living their life. Maybe the money helps erase it. I don't know. But my God, life is so much easier when you can just be honest. And if you, when you screw up to say, I'm sorry, I messed up. 
I'm human. I'm working on it. Like, what's wrong with saying that? What's wrong with saying I don't have it all figured out? Well, that's uh, that's reality. That's just reality. We have to be authentic. That's reality. If you struggle, I, I'm struggling. If you're scared, I'm scared. What's wrong with just saying, you know what, guys, right now, I am scared. Mm. This scares me. I'm going to have to channel the strength because this is scary. Why do I have to have it together all the time? Hmm. And what is together anyway? I'm, I'm a human being. I mean, I, I can put music and dance my ass off. I'm a human <laughs> being. <laughs> well, what is wrong with that? <laughs> You're right. You see, the, this is the thing with my the book that's coming up. I, I wasn't going to name it that at all. One of my friends, very powerful guy, very influential, said, name it that. I dare you. Because that is what it means. What you're saying to the world is F no more. Because the world is becoming no more. And we are all following this. No, what is no more? What, it, what is it? What is it? And who says what's no more? Yeah. Who gave that person that authority? Yes. Who says what's no more? You see, growing up, I grew up in a village where culture was very, very important. And I would sit and ask my granddad, why do women have to cook and men don't? Huh. And my granddad would look at me like, why do you ask weird questions? Because I, I would say, so if grandma wasn't there, would you starve? You wouldn't cook for yourself. You would just die of hunger because there's no woman to cook for you. And he would look at me like, just go and play with others because he didn't have the answers, you see. I questioned the culture. Fair question. Yeah, I, I questioned the culture. I I was that weird kid who look at things and go, yeah, but why? <laughs> not, not just to be funny, but to actually understand who makes the laws, who says this is what women do, who says this is what men do, and where is it written? Or do, who wrote it? Who came up with that? And why can't I do opposite if I want to? Well, so... It's actually a fair question because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've listened. I'm When I first started learning about kingdom living through Dr. Miles Monroe, um, who's my favorite, well, top three favorite ministers, and uh, which he's no longer with us, of course. But he, um, like his teachings were profound and like the way that he taught the kingdom family structure, it always made sense to me. And, and I loved it. And without going into all the detail about it, like that made sense. But to be honest, when I've read the Bible, I haven't necessarily been able to see that structure laid out the way that he laid it out. So it's like, well, his version made sense to me and he did quote the Bible. It's just when I've seen it with my own life, I haven't really seen it structured this way. And it's maybe because I don't fully know how to read the Bible in the way that some of the other people do. But it made sense. But at the same time, I'll say this. My father, my mom stayed at home. I was, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I got every day when I came home from school, uh, 3 o'clock, I'd have cheese and crackers and grapes and some apples and cheese slices like, set out aside. Like I'd have a snack. And my mom was always there unless she was modeling. My dad worked, was the breadwinner made all the money, made a bunch of money. My dad also went out to, you know, not necessarily happy hours, but he was out having sex with every, everything that walked 
behind my mom's back and um, and neglecting her, always at the golf course, always doing everything but taking care of the family. Long story short, my dad got involved with some bad people. Um, we end up losing everything because he had to testify against a mob boss. Crazy story. Anyway, long story short, we lost everything. My mom had to go to work. And my mom became five times more successful than my ever dad ever dreamed of being. Um, and that's there's a whole story there. But the point was that that broke up the kingdom dynamic, that kingdom structure of the family. My mom went to work. But here's the thing. I like the family structure, but the, everything I've learned from business, a good in business until I met Jason Cisneros, was from my mom and grandma, women. The best preachers I know, the most godly, powerful women, the women that have had helped me have more break, the people that have had me have more breakthroughs than anyone else were women. Yet in the Bible, Paul talks about how women are not supposed to talk at church, they're not supposed to be preachers, blah, blah, BS. Anyway, I and I completely spit on all of that. I do. And if that offends people, I don't know what to tell you. I just I you can't tell me that women can't be behind a pulpit. You can't. You can't, because I know the spirit of God is with them. I can hear it coming through them. Like, <laughs> no. So enough of that. But so it does, it makes me question that structure, you know, because the most badass humans I know, majority of them are women. And they're the most, the best leaders too. So I don't know what to think about all that. And I'm sorry for that rant, but I just wanted to throw all that out there for you because I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Don't be sorry at all, because this is the thing with um, our, our organization, Global Business Women Organization. We want all women, women who are tired of BS, mm. women who are ready to say, you know what, I'm stepping up. Guys, I'm suffering. Guys, I'm happy. Guys, I can do this. Guys, I don't think I can do this. None of this, your structure might be different from mine. Okay, and if yours work fine, there shouldn't be just this structure for this person, just this structure for this person. Why should they be one fit all? Hmm. I'm different, you're different. Why should there be one structure fit all? Well, I don't know the answer to that question. Because I, I, I think everyone who does anything is able to learn. Okay, nobody was born doing what they do now as adults. So if you can learn and do it, so can I. That's so good. why should it be just that? Just you are, you are restricted to this box and I'm restricted. Why? What if I don't want the box? What if like me, I've never been in a box. I don't even know what a box is. And I, I'm that weird kid outside the box who look at the box and go, yeah, I'm good. I'm not coming in. I was the kid who was, my mom would send me to the shops when people were coming because she knew I would ask questions. You know, when people come in the house and they start talking, oh, and then my wife did this, I'm like, yeah, but excuse, can I ask a question? And my mom will go, oh my God, here we go again. Even uh, the, the church leaders would come and, oh, they're eating now and talking. I'm like, yeah, but excuse me, but can I just ask a question? Yeah, men of God, right? You know rules, right? Why is it things are done this way and not that way? What if I want to do it that way? Would that matter? Would I then burn in hell? And they'll be like, 
one church leader said, this kid is different. And my grandma said, yeah, she's special. And it was like special, that. special in a, in, in a, something wrong with her special. <laughs> <laughs> like forgive her special. And I'm like, but I, I still got questions. Mm. Just because you, you don't do things the way they're supposed to be done. Just because you are different, we need to embrace that. Because that's where your strength is, right there. Yep. I bring my weird, you bring your weird. Together we make amazing. That's what it is. Because if I copy to be like that person, then I'm just copying. I won't have it. I won't have 100% of hair because I copy what I see only. But 100% of my weird is amazing, you see? Oh, I agree. Because, like, people look at failure as, well, as failure. I look at failure as a creation point. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. You can use it. And I've colossally failed, failed publicly. All my, all of my arrests were in newspapers. Public, for everywhere to see. I and I've got been arrested for some vile things, like awful things, abuse, prostitute, uh, DUIs, f- fighting, and like and but and I obviously I learned my le- lesson. I'm not that guy, but all of the mistakes I made were public and painful and embarrassed and shame my family, and 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 you know and ruined my reputation. But how amazing to me, this is why I love God so much, is that obviously none of it can be used until I turn my life around. But once I get to that place where, okay, I've done the work, I'm healing, I've really, truly learned, repented, turned away from that life. Isn't it amazing how God can take all of that, those mistakes, the failures, the the, the hurt, the pain, and use it for something good? So normal to me is flatline death. Yeah. But mistakes, failure, even depression can be used. Even a manic bipolar freakout. I switched and became a different person for over a month just a few months ago because of the mental condition that I get to love and embrace. I became a different person. Like don't even know half the things that I did and none of it, which I, when I did find out the, some of the things I did, they were none, none of them were that bad. It was just, but I switched and I didn't know who I was and you know what? And I didn't feel close to God. I didn't feel connected. I felt lost. I felt like I was the dude in the devil inside me book. I, I, that's what I felt like. The beauty of God is that he still used all of it. Yeah. But if I had just been flatlined, lukewarm, any of that, what can be done? What can be taken from that? Nothing. Embrace the weird, embrace your inner freak, whatever you want to call it, just be you. And who cares if people make fun of you? Because here's the thing, they're going to forget anyway. So we can talk about disinformation and all of the information overload that we have with the internet, technology, media, all this stuff thrown at us of what we're supposed to believe and everything else. The one thing good that's come from that, and I want to say this for those of you who are afraid to take chances, who are afraid to embarrass yourself, 
I'm saying it for you. Everyone's attention pans are so short that they're not going to remember you being a jackass. They're not going to remember your fellow. They're not even going to remember half of the content that you put out. It, it, that's the truth. So while you're worried about everything being perfect and I, I'm not going to do it until I have the money, I'm not going to do it until this, you're flatlining. Yes. And remember, everyone who is laughing at you is even worse than you because they are lying to themselves. Mm. They're not being honest with themselves because when they stop laughing, they realize at least this dude is learning. Because by the time you stop laughing, I'm a mile ahead of you. I've learned my lesson. You still have to walk that road. It's true. And you need to walk that road to be the best person you are now. Joshua, you had to live that life in order to be saved. Amen. Otherwise, if you had grown up this perfect person, you would you have a story to tell? Would you be accepting God the way you do? No. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. I, mean, I would think I was God. Yeah, you think, oh, I can do this. I'm not that amazing guy. I can, but you had to fall that many times. You had to walk that road. Yeah. To get to be where you are. If you talk to any successful person, they will tell you they didn't. They didn't come out just successful. They had to fall. They had to lose everything. They had to be humiliated. They had to be laughed at. Some people even lost their families. Their families shunned them. You're crazy. You can't keep doing that. You're failing so much. You have lost everything. I, I spoke to one guy who said, at one point he was sleeping on his brother's sofa. He was sleeping on his brother's couch. He lost a house. The wife left him. And his mother came and said, so are you going to give up then? That's it. You're giving up. And he said he was at a point where I'm going to get a job. Forget it. I'm going to get a job and just... I failed. I can't do it. And his mother said, yeah, but you're just going to give up because why? You lost your house. And he said, he thought, huh, she's right. One more try. That guy is a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I slept on my mom. My brother would pass by while I'm sleeping on the couch, just thinking, what has my life come to? I had a big house, a swimming pool. I had my wife, I had children. I was a boss. Now I'm surfing on my brother's sofa. I'm waiting for people to go to bed so I can sleep. Because my bed is where they are sitting. So you need to walk that road. You need to learn those lessons to get to the top. And when you get to the top, you are so grateful for those lessons. You want to talk to people about the lessons because you're thinking... I will help you not walk that road. Everybody needs to walk their road. That's how it is. And be appreciative of it because it made you who you are. It's true. I, <clears throat> I'm so grateful that there's a guy that I grew up with in Oklahoma. We went to high school together and even I moved away, but um, we became friends when I had come. We became friends again when I came back. And uh, stayed connected. And then I moved to California. And one day, he was, when he was on his way moving to Portland with his wife, he stopped by uh, Laguna when I was living there, stayed with me for a couple of days. And he looked at me and he encouraged me and he said, document your journey. People are going to want it. You're going you're gonna to want to see it. And he goes, other people will too. And I'm like, no one gives a crap what I have to say. Mm -hmm. If he would have not said those words to me, 
90% of the dreams that have come true for me wouldn't have come true because it, it literally, that was the step of faith that has opened the door for everything else that I get to do. And it's, it's a lot. Like I, I sometimes feel like I'm bragging when I talk about the things I get to do. And I'm saying I get to do it because I'm blessed. I don't have to do it. I work to create it. I, but I get to do it. I get to do whatever I want. And it happened because of him. And, and so many, go ahead. You've owned your life. You said, I yeah. lied, I cheated, I was an ass. <laughs> it was an evil ass. <laughs> you've, you've, you've owned it. You've owned it. Yeah. You're not you're not sugarcoating anything. You're not putting a veneer over anything. You're like, I was. But that's how I lived and I was saved. And right now, here I am living my life and just being grateful. Yeah. It's, it's what it is. And that's actually what started it, too, is gratitude. Finding gratitude for my trauma. That is what changed my life. I mean, give, again, surrendering my life to the Lord was, yeah, that that's it. But finding gratitude for all the things that hurt me because of what God got to do with it and has done with it and is doing with it and will do with it, that's a special place to be. Because I can talk about having HIV. I can talk about being molested. I can talk about being abused. I can talk about being an abuser. I can talk about being a narcissist. I can talk about being a junkie. I can talk about all of these things with freedom because, hey, even if I screw it up again, I'm not. But even if I did, I know God still loves me and I know that God will use it. And I also have the know that I have the courage to confess it and not live in shame and not live in fear. No one has any power over me that I don't give them myself. That includes the government. That includes anybody. And when you are that authentic, you know people around you are authentic. They, yeah, I have awesome they, authentic friends. <laughs> I really do. They like you for you. You're not lying to them. So when they say, I like you, they like you. And that They're feels not, good. Yeah, you're not hiding. The two friends anything. I have, that feels amazing. You're not hiding anything. Those <laughs> those who are not who don't like you can go. I mean, you don't need them anyway. Well, I'm you're right. I you know, you're one of those people that I could talk to forever. Um, I just I I adore you. And we've had several conversations <laughs> oh, since. So I've gotten to know you. So there's a comfort level. Um you know, I don't know you that well, but I, I've gotten to know your spirit and, you know, and I, I just, I like you and love you. And, you know, you're one of those people that I, I just am going to root for and cheer for. And you're, when your book's finished, you're always welcome to come back on and promote it. Anything that we can do to ever support you, um, you. you know, please let us know. Cause I, I just, I'm rooting for you. You are one of the good ones as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. You are, you are too. That's why I feel like, you're my, my brothers. Yes, <laughs> I agree. My weird brother. You're my weird sister. <laughs> um, um, nowadays, the people were coming my way. I, I said to the lady I spoke to earlier, they, we've got a spiritual connection. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer finding people who I don't connect with anymore. I think they're being sent to me. Just this person, you get on, talk to her. And when we talk, I feel like, oh, my God, I know you. Yes, I know you are. Look at that. 
<laughs> but it's just amazing when you find people who connect with you, people who understand you. Because sometimes it's just, yeah, you can't change me. I can't change you. I love your weirdness. That's how it is. I I love that too. And I I and the other thing too that I love when I'm not so focused on trying to you know, align with other Christians and put myself in that box and I'm just being like what we, we talked about at the beginning and I'm just being me, the led by spirit me in my identity. I find something quite glorious that I love. And maybe this answers my question as to why we have so many different people with different belief systems that watch. Is that when you operate in the spirit, and we all have a spirit inside of us, like I that's indisputable. And some people will say, <clears throat> you know, you know, when you give your life to Jesus, it just it empowers the spirit you already have. Uh, you take on that. Some people say it's two different things. I don't know. I don't know what the answer. I just know that when I'm being authentically me operating the spirit, the whole world opens up to me and the people that come to me, the people that come to me to befriend me, to talk to me, or the people that, you know, when you're just walking down the crowd, walk in or you're at the gym, someone goes, yeah, and they just look at you and they start talking like you just connect, you know, you feel led to reach out, you feel led to, you know, all those things. Okay. Like today, I had the most amazing conversation with a Muslim man who just married. He got had a covenant marriage with his Muslim wife. And we had this amazing conversation that felt every bit as Holy Spirit field of a conversation that I could have had inside of 85 churches. And go. so I'm one to believe, and I'm really forming this where it's an opinion right now, it's a thought, but it's becoming a part of my belief system that the church has it all wrong. (laughs) Religion has it all wrong. And I'm not denying Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. He is my savior, period. I am saying that I think that we have boxed ourselves in to certain dogmas that have, have, have really done the Holy Spirit an injustice. And, and it's really caused a lot of division, a lot of hurt. It's, you know, an operating, when we're operating from a religious mindset, we judge, we don't meet people where they're at. We accuse them. We, we point fingers at them, but when we operate in the spirit, we allow, we be, and, um, and we're guided. And, and that to me, is special. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means as far as people's faith. I don't know what it means as far as the religion or the title you give yourself. But I will tell you that life is a lot more easy when you surrender everything and you just trust that God's spirit is going to do a work in you that is going to get you where you were supposed to be. Just focus on being a good person. Don't worry about all these rules. My church does this. My religion says this. Because I think religion, what what is it has turned out to be is I can create my own church and I have the power and I'm the leader and I'll put my own rules and I'll pick the verses that suit me best. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I go around saying, I can anoint you. But in reality, can I really? Because the one with the power is God, right? That's right. 
So why am I giving myself the power to say, I can anoint you and I've got the power to do this. No, I don't. And people are following me, not God. Because I'm the leader, I'm the pastor, everybody bow down. People actually bow down. I'm like, oh, what? I ain't <laughs> down to anyone. And, and coming from Africa, that's like, okay, okay. <laughs> I am not bowing to anybody. Thank what part of Africa are you from? I'm from Zimbabwe. I can't wait to go to Africa. I want to we see doing, We are doing our Global Business Women Organization seminar in Cape Town. Where? Cape Town. Cape Town. Yeah, it was it was a throw uh, a, a choice between Cape Town and Victoria Falls. <gasps> I want to go to both places. Oh, you can easy. You can come you, to, to our seminar because we've got a few men coming to speak. Do you want an MC? All MC. I'm a good MC. I can speak okay. too. Okay, come there. And you can broadcast it too if you want. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you after this. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk. Because we are planning a big uh, physical seminar that has to be broadcast as well. And we need women to come and men. We've got a few men coming to speak. Who, um, we need wisdom from anywhere we can get it. And hey. we are roping you guys to come and bring your beautiful wives. And let's just do this. I, yeah, listen, I, we're, I'm all in. Uh, I know Jessica will be really excited about that. And um her days are as a speaker are coming. She, I think she's starting to finally understand it, like what God has for her. Um, so I'm really, really excited for her. The um good. Yeah. And you know, and I really, and that's another place is Johannesburg. Johannesburg. I've been blessed to meet some people from um, well, Cape Town and Johannesburg. And like with you know, doing business and different things with uh nonprofits and just lovely, lovely people like i like it there seems to be there's I, and correct me if i'm wrong but there seems to be a very authentic genuine outcast-ish nature to them like a rebellious but authentic fun nature is that correct i don't know the culture but that's what i've been picking we up are, from the people i've met we are we are we are good people who, who can have fun nothing wrong with that the good people who can <laughs> and we are we are we're coming to the world platform more and more now and claiming our place at the table and we need to bring that authenticity because we are the motherland that leads me to this next statement i was about to say it and then you said motherland so i know that we're on the same page it's an absolute travesty what the United States has done to Africa. I mean, other countries have done it too. The United States is not the only one, but it is a travesty. And, and, you know, Bill Gates and what they've done when they've tested the, you know, blindly injected, you know, the people of Africa with these drugs and diseases so they can test their effing vaccines and all of these other things. It makes me sick. And then robbing Africa of the resources, coming in with the military and robbing and stealing the gold, the oil, raping and pillaging the children, leaving kids deformed, breaking, creating this evil, toxic, the militias that are there that were funded by our government in the United States and other countries. It makes me sick. And I hope as the new world starts to transform and take shape and come into view for people to see 
this awakening that's happening. I hope one of the things that's done is the motherland, Africa, is restored of all that's been stolen yeah. from it. Because what happened in Libya, um, you know, people like, the, I forgot the guy, Gaddafi, Gaddafi? Gaddafi, Kenyan Gaddafi. What they did with him when he wanted to get away from the dollar. And I mean, it's just, look, I love being an American. We've had a really cushiony life you know, compared to other places. But what we've done to be in power is hurt other people. We are no different than Nazi Germany. And I don't give a shit what you say. And, and like, look, and I wave the American flag too. I am proud to be an American. I love living here. I can't stand our government, but I love living here. That said, what we've done to be in power isn't right. And I pray, I pray, I pray that the motherland is healed because if the motherland heals, it's going to be, it's going to change everything. People don't understand how important Africa is to the world. It's not just Africa. It's the world. And I'm not saying that to kiss up to you, Deborah. I just know enough about it that it hurts my heart and bothers me. And that's why I am so passionate about getting to Africa because and to serve. See, because power corrupts and power makes you grab more power. This is why now as Africans, we are saying, we're talking identity. We want Africans who are empowered, Africans who are proud to be Africans, Africans who can stand up and say, I'm African, so what? Africans who write, because we, it's, it's, now, it's now come to the point that we need to write our own story. Yeah. We need our own voices to be heard. We need our own history. This is, this is the thing. When I went to school, when I was about 11, 12, and they said, oh, we are going to learn um, European history. And I said, oh, okay, why? Why? What happened to African history? Why am I not learning about my ancestors? Why am I learning about World War, World War One, Bismarck, and all that, Stalin, and all that stuff. It's important to them. It's not important to me. I want to know what happened here. But because we, there's no documentation about it, our history was thrown away because it wasn't important enough. As a result, even religion, religion has taught us that our ancestors are evil as Africans. And then we bring, we, we pray to the Lord of Abraham, who is Abraham? What about the Lord of my father? What about the Lord of my grandfather? You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's now time that as Africans, we are claiming our identity. This is why I'm so passionate about identity. Because when I know myself, I can stand next to anybody and say, I am African. Take hmm. it or leave it. Like me or don't like me, but... This is me, and I'm proud of that. Whatever you're saying, good for you, good for you. So you're, you're, you're what, British, good for you. You're white, good for you. I'm black, and I'm African, and this Amen. is it. We have to own, we have to be proud of, we have to claim that identity and know that we belong to the most important continent in the world. Yes. Okay. Amen. We are, we are motherland. We have to Amen. own that. 
Yes. And we have to be proud of that. If you don't agree with me, fine, walk on. I, I don't, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> no, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to be liked by you because I like myself. I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. This is it. That's what we need to people who can stand up. I've got children who will tell you stories. My kids went to school. First time they went to school and told everybody they were princesses from Africa. I got to pick them up and the teacher said, oh, I didn't know you were royalty. I'm like, royalty? What do you mean? That my, your kids said you're royalty. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we are royalty from Africa. And my kids are standing there like, yeah, we are royalty, we are African. That makes a We are so royal. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and they're so proud of it. They're defending. Every time they're standing, they're defending their continent. Despite mm. the fact that these kids were born in Britain. <laughs> so we need that, that um, generation. We need the next generations, this generation, the next one, the next one, to get more and more proud, more and more I'm in touch with their own identity so that Africa can actually survive, so that Africa can actually build. Because I know we can build. We are hardworking people. We are empowered people. We are spiritual people. And we've got the resources. Yep. We've got the resources. So you, we, we, they tried to finish us, but we are more powerful than ever. Deborah. That's my rant. That's my rant. That is your that is a perfect mic drop. Thank you. Um, you're a blessing. Let everybody know where they can find you, promote your website, and um, and of course everybody knows by now you can go to livemonoworldwide.org. You'll be able to see the media kit, you'll be able to find this interview, both audio, the transcript, the video, um, all links to find Deborah, but Deborah, promote all the all your stuff. So ladies i'm asking you i'm urging you we need you on global business women ladies organization the website is gbwo.org gbwo.org and that's the website for global business women organization you can join us there and you can showcase your business you can share your knowledge with other ladies you can network with the global women or uh, women fraternity it's now time we get in touch with other ladies it's now time we get in touch with ourselves it's now time you can showcase from a village in africa you can showcase your stuff on a global platform and you can tell them what you know you can learn from them and tell them what you know we can be loving sisters and my next book coming up i said the the, the next book coming up, I've got seven books already published. That's Goodness gracious. The next book coming up is, is amazing. It's identity, self-help. So you can read it and you can help yourself. You can go through the stages of how you can discover your identity. That was either stripped from you by religion, culture, whatever society. You can discover yourself and live your true identity mm. and embrace your weirdness. I mean... We had people run the world. Amen. Deborah, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Joshua. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. What an amazing woman. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Wherever you're watching from, thank you. Um, I uh, This is one of the things that I love about the internet is possibilities like this, getting to meet amazing human beings like this.
Um, those of you um, who are interested, uh, we have actually, I, let me, I don't like the way I just said that. All right. Thank you to everyone who's bought the devil inside me so far. Um, we are still number one in some categories, which is just blowing my mind. I don't know how that's possible other than I guess you're buying it. Um, but thank you. You can actually scan home. Let me see if this works. Try this with myself. Hold on. Bear with me. <laughs> All right. Come here, camera. Wait. Nope. Over here. There we go. Okay. Let's see if I can scan it from here. Will it work? Do I have to get closer? It's trying to read it. Hold on. Let me see if it'll work. Do I have to come more into the frame? <laughs> oh, man. I was trying to be smart and see if it would scan. Let's see. Try it like this. Oh, bummer. It didn't work. Okay. See, we try things. Try them all live so I can fail miserably. <laughs> okay, now that I know that that doesn't work, I'm going to try to find another way. Gosh, darn it. Man, I was all excited about that scanning. All right, listen, thank you to everyone who's bought the book. Um, you go to the media kit, you'll be able to find it. It's also scrolling at the bottom here. It's a bit.ly link. The Devil Inside Me ebook. You can get the ebook, you can get the paperback, or you can get the hardback, hardcover, hardback. Is that even a real thing? Anyway, thank you. And also, um, next, uh, not next week, but the week after, for a week, we are playing the Devil Inside Me film is playing at the Las Vegas Movie Awards. Um, all of the winners are being broadcast and uh, virtually. So super cool and so grateful. Of course, you can watch it anywhere, but. The fact that it's going to be screened in Las Vegas globally is a really neat thing. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for all of your support. But back to Deborah. Deborah, an amazing human being. Um, you guys are going to check her out, obviously, because I think she proved all of the reasons why I said that I loved her, um, because she's awesome. So you guys support her. Thank you for supporting me. And um, God bless you all. If I can do anything for you, if I can pray for you, feel free to reach out anytime. Thank you so much. God bless. We'll see you soon.